0: If I could get your attention, please. Good luck, I know. We're going to go ahead and get started. Um, so if I could, let me just pray for our time together and uh, then we'll get started. God, thanks so much for this morning and for this church family. Thanks for the opportunity to come together as a family to talk about things that matter to us as a family. And I just ask that... Uh, that you guide our time, that uh, we would be encouraged by your leading in our lives and within this body, and that we would give you praise and glory and honor. We pray this in your name. Amen. We've got several things that we want to walk through with you this morning, and so in the interest of time, we're going to try to do that. And if you have questions afterwards or uh, any other time, let us know, but hopefully we'll be able to cover the the things that we want to talk about. The first one has, uh, the first topic that we want to walk through has to do with the most recent decision by the United States Supreme Court. And we felt like based on that decision there were things that we needed to do as a church to clarify where we stand and how this church uh, functions in light of that decision. Um, there's a, there was a coalition of pastors who put together kind of a, a statement. And I just want to read the first paragraph because when we sat down as elders, we felt, felt like this really did represent our heart as we walked through this issue. And so let me read what they uh, had to say. It says, as evangelical Christians, we dissent from the court's ruling that redefines marriage. The state did not create the family and should not try to recreate the family in its own image. We will not capitulate on marriage because biblical authority requires that we cannot. The outcome of the Supreme Court's ruling to redefine marriage represents what seems like the result of a half-century of witnessing marriages decline through divorce, cohabitation, and a worldview of almost limitless sexual freedom. The Supreme Court's actions pose incalculable risks uh, to already volatile social fabric by alienating those whose beliefs about marriage are motivated by deep biblical convictions and concern for the common good. You know we didn't write that because there's way too many big words in there, but, but really we felt like that did represent our heart, and so what we want to share with you is our attempt to bring clarity and protection to our church family based on the decision of the Supreme Court. So we're just going to walk through this together. This was kind of a domino because once you change one thing, it affects everything, and so we knew that we wanted to clarify some things in our doctrine, but when we did, it affected bylaws, which then affected covenant of fellowship. So I'm going to walk you through what those changes are. Just kind of as an overview, uh, the doctrinal statement was updated to include two new sections, and I'm going to show you these. Uh, One specific to marriage and the other one on family. And then as a result of that, the bylaws were updated to include a new section outlining the guidelines for wedding ceremonies uh, within the Melody Park Church facility. And then... um, the Covenant Fellowship was updated to include those two categories of marriage and family. And then within the bylaws, we noted a new policy that was created called a facility use policy that basically outlines how the church can be used. And as you might expect, it's specific. one of the specific features was marriages or wedding ceremonies. Okay? So let's just walk through these together so you can kind of see. This is the doctrine. This is what we added to the existing doctrinal statement. And it says this, marriage. We believe in the divinely ordained and sacred institution of marriage between one man and one woman. We believe the relationship is a mysterious reflectionship of the relationship of Christ and the church and is therefore characterized by an unconditional, self-sacrificing love and devotion. We believe God designed the marriage relationship to thrive under the spiritual leadership of the husband and the loving respect of the wife. Despite the differing roles, both husband and wife have been created in the image of God and are of equal value in his sight. We believe the marriage relationship should be established and fruitful based on a mutual submission to Christ. And so that's the statement that we put in our doctrine specific to that topic. Family reads like this. It says, we believe that the church, uh, that, that children are a gift of the Lord and therefore it is the parent's primary responsibility to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We do believe the church family also shares in this responsibility and should partner with parents to raise up the next generation of Christian disciples. So hopefully some of the language we're using is familiar. You've heard us say this, these types of things. And so this is what we felt like needed to be reflected as clarity to our uh, view of, of marriage and family in our doctrinal statement. So with that being said, as I mentioned, it trickles down into other things. And one of those is the bylaws. And so Here's what we wrote in our bylaws specific to wedding ceremonies. Melanie Park Church uh, facilities may be used for the marriage ceremony of Melanie Park Church members and their immediate family who give credible profession of faith in Jesus Christ and who are living their lives in obedience to the teaching of His Word. Only Christian weddings between one man and one woman will be conducted at Melanie Park Church in accordance with biblical teaching. The elders of Melanie Park Church reserve the right to deny permission for a wedding ceremony To any party that does not comply with the church's convictions and beliefs from Scripture. And so this is a a section in the bylaws, and one of the things that you'll see here in a little bit is it gives reference to a facility use policy that kind of further clarifies that. Um, We don't do a lot of weddings here at Mellian Park. There have been some through the years, but not too many. But we wanted to make sure that how how this church facility was used was within accordance with our beliefs and doctrine. And so this statement is in our bylaws. Um, Covenant of fellowship obviously has to follow because if this is what we say we believe, the covenant of fellowship is intended to be a member's response of affirmation to those beliefs. And so if we're going to change those other documents, we need to change the covenant of fellowship. So it will now include this section along with the others that are listed in specific to marriage and family. I commit to support and encourage the lifetime covenant relationship between one man and one woman. I will support parents in their role of discipleship in the home and will partner with parents to raise up the next generation of Christian disciples. So you just see an echo of the language of what we've put in the other documents. Um, In that facility use policy, we, uh, we try to um include several things and one of the things that will happen now for the use of the facility for for anything not just weddings but just for the use of the facility i've got some competition don't i I can i can i can beat you i got one of these things but uh what i included here and i can't read it from here so i can't maybe you can see it um but the the deal is i don't want to turn around because you'll see my bald spot um. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the last page, and essentially the, the way the facility use policy reads is it outlines what the use of the facility can be used for, and then it has an application that anybody who wants to use the f- facility fills out. Application, a request form is a better description. So there's a re- request form. It echoes everything that I just shared with you in terms of our doctrine and bylaws. But then at the very end, it has this kind of agreement that basically affirms the fact that the facility will be used in accordance with the doctrine and beliefs of the church as a whole. And they sign an agreement to that, and and we do as well. And so this is basically a protection. It ensures that we are protected so that there's real clarity on where we stand and how the facility can be used. Okay, If you're interested, I have included a few copies of the doctrine and bylaws that have all these additions to them. There's also a copy of the facility use policy if you want to grab that. I didn't know how many people would be here and how many people would want it, so I've made about 15 copies of each. But there is a sign-up sheet on here so that if you want one and there's not one available, just write your name and your email and I'll be glad uh, to get you a copy. So um, that's basically what we've walked through as it relates to this topic. And like I said, because we have so much, uh, definitely if you have questions, we want to know and talk through those. Um, But let's see if we can't get to the material this morning first, okay? And I don't even remember what's next. You? Okay. Then you'll have to figure out how to make this. There it goes.
1: We were talking this morning, um, just a, a few minutes before we started, some of us were talking about how did we ever have church without all this stuff? <laughs> all the e- the electronics. I remember going to church without it. I just don't know how we did it. But, <laughs> but in, anyway, I um, wanted to take just, just a minute to um, uh, give you some some of the results. You know, there was a lot said in the last few, few months about get, getting involved with uh, international students and maybe ho- hosting a, a student for, this fall semester for the school year, um, students out at Tech that are from other other countries. So I just wanted to let you know that uh, for our first run run at it, we had 17 families who um, uh, signed up and who have taken um, students. And um, I don't know where all the students are from. I think uh, the majority of them are probably from India and then some from I know ours is from Nepal, and there somebody told me they had a student from from China I think e- anyway um, uh, we've got there's quite quite a broad range so it's pretty exci- exciting for our first run run at it to have seventeen fam- families sign up and uh, you'll be hearing reports from from them as time goes along in fact we have one couple that's going to share with you just a little bit in, in a minute uh, but b- b- before they they before they come I want to give you um, a, a, another little another couple of bits of information one is um, a, as you know at the begin, beginning of each year uh, we approve a church budget and we um, a certain part of what is give, given here at the church goes toward the support of our mi- missionaries. But what's, in the, what's given through the bu- budget is not enough to co- cover all of the support. And so we asked, uh, the, the, asked the church to make, make up the difference individually uh, through a faith, faith, faith commitment. And um, I, I just wanted to let you know that so far we have two and a half months left in, in, in the year And it's really been exciting to see how many folks have gotten who have taken part in that to help uh, finish out the support of our 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 missionaries. So, on behalf of the missions committee, I just wanted to thank you all who are taking part in that um, uh, because it 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 looks like that we will easily make the support of the missionaries that that, that, this. this year, we have more people giving toward that fund than there were last year, and that's pretty exciting for the missions committee to to see that. So we just wanted to thank you for taking part in that. The other thing I wanted to let you know is uh, Gary and Kathy Morris will be with us next weekend. Uh, Gary will be be teaching at the 9.15 hour here in the auditorium. And then he'll also be pre- preaching in the 1045 ser- service. And they'll be here for about three days. So if you'd like to uh, see them during that time individually, you might give, give them a call or an, an email and see if you can set, set up some time with them. Well, uh, as I said, one of the cu- couples that has ta- taken an international stu- student for, for this year uh, is going to come share with you. Janet and Linda Whitaker are going to come share with you a little bit.
2: Good morning, I'm Jan Whitaker and this is my wife, Linda, as you all know. <laughs> a few weeks ago, uh, Linda and I stepped out of our comfort zone and decided to host an international student and you got to understand, I have a pretty narrow comfort zone. <laughs> uh, it seemed like just almost immediately that um, we started conjuring up silly concerns and scenarios that would make this seem like really a bad idea for us, a bad fit. Uh, Has that ever happened to y'all? I mean, you you step out on faith and things just start happening, it seems like. you know, Things like, uh, this person is probably not gonna speak Texan and, (laughs) and me personally, I'm probably not gonna understand Uh, I'm a busy guy. I mean, everybody knows. You just, I don't know how I'm gonna fit this into my schedule. Um, Oh well. (laughs) Uh, This person is probably gonna have a different religion or maybe no religion at all. Hmm, that's that's gonna be problematic. (laughs) Um, And I guess the silliest thing was this person is gonna be from a different culture. Hmm? And I'm not gonna have anything in common with this person. But you know, we started tossing that around. Well, why did we commit to do this anyhow? Well, the, the, <laughs> the, the purpose behind this thing is we're, what we signed up to be, or to do, was to befriend a person that's probably a lot more uncomfortable than what we are. And they're in a different part of the country and they're in a different land And all we want to do is we want to be friends with this person and possibly become a good enough friend that at some point in time that we can maybe talk about spiritual things a little bit deeper. You know, what we needed to do was we needed to do what we committed to, get out of the way, and let the Lord lead.
3: This really would be a stretch for us, especially for Jan. Um, He tends to have a hard time speaking to any stranger, much less someone from another country. Um, I don't tend to have that problem, as many of you know. (laughs) Um, What is a stretch for me is to stand up here. Uh, This this is what is terrifying to me. But let me tell you about meeting, and we're going to call her Sherry. Um, we agreed to meet her uh, at the Cracker Barrel, and that was last Sunday. And she was there waiting for us, and she had this little box in her hand. And, and as soon as we walked up to her and said, We're the Whitakers, she just, Oh, here, this is <laughs> a gift. And, oh, thank you. <laughs> and um, we introduced ourselves and started talking. She uh, is a student at tech she's working on her PhD and um, she's getting getting her PhD in nutritional science and for the most part her English was good um, and we understood most of what she was saying there was a few words that you know she would put the um, would pronounce wrong but we were able to understand her and at that point at the cracker barrel, they called us in and said it's time to eat so we went in to be seated and she was so polite and respectful wow she was just a delight and uh, we started talking and got comfortable with each other and um, we started sharing uh, things about our families we got our phones out and started sharing pictures, it was so neat. And she is so excited to meet more Americans. She's already been here a year and um, she was here last year and then spent the summer here. And she had met just a few American students but most of her friends were other Taiwanese. And she had not had any kind of exposure to American homes, hardly any of the foods. Well, she ate some of the foods and she, in talking with her, she said, "Do you just all eat hamburgers? <laughs> well, no, but anyway, she will be here five more years and that'll give us lots of time to invest, get to know her and to invest time in her. Last night, we met her and she brought a friend who has been here for five weeks And uh, she flew all the way from Taiwan just to have this time with Sherry. And um, we just, she came, they came over and we had a meal for them. And uh, after that, we got in our pickup and uh, took them around, ran some canyons showing them the different things. And then we just, we talked about a million things. There were so many things that she had questions about when we got back to the house for dessert, um, we were sitting at the table eating, and I said, "You know," asked her if there were some things that we could help her with. And one of the things that came up was she doesn't know anybody here, and if she has an emergency, then she doesn't have anyone to contact. And she did have a scary incident happen to her last year, and so this was our chance. This was our chance to let her know that we're here for her and that we care.
2: So if you would pray for us and pray for the other individuals and couples that have committed to be host families uh, that we'll be able to build bridges with these folks and to possibly get close enough to them that we can answer their questions about maybe more deeper things, including the Lord. and. If you have opportunities this next year, I would highly recommend that, that you take that opportunity to be a host family. It, it's really a delight. If I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> Thank you.
4: Okay, let's see if this works. Okay, I'm going to visit with you about the budget. Um, We wanted to just kind of give you an update of where we are currently. Um, You'll remember that the budget was set uh, for this year at 590,000, which um, gives us a little bit over $49,000 in monthly expenses uh, for the year. Okay, first quarter results. Um, we had um, $130,000 in uh, giving and about $130,000 in expenditure. So it was basically a break even, a little bit of a surplus of $332. Um, the second quarter, was, and and this one I think uh, the uh, math on that is just off a little bit. Um, We had um, income of 131,000, about 131,500 and expenditures of 150,459, which I think that comes out to an 18,894 deficit um, for that quarter. And then um, for the uh, third quarter we had um, $138,000 138000 in giving and uh, approximately $159,000 in expenditures, which resulted in a $20,621 um, deficit for the third quarter. So, for uh, the nine months ended, September 30, we ended with a about a $39,000 net deficit um, uh, for the first three quarters. Now, we went ahead and extended this. Um, through um, October 8th because we had some uh, additional giving and some additional receipts from, um, I guess, from some prior uh, uh, conferences and meetings that had come in. So that um, variance went down by about $18,000. So we're sitting at a deficit of about $21,000 as of uh, October 8th. So uh, that has improved. one thing I want to note, um, on the prior two quarters, you notice that the expenditures uh, were at 150000 around uh, in, the, in that area. But we are still uh, $9,900 under budget in terms of expenditures. So the, the issue really is in giving. Um, we're just about at a um, $2,000 less per month um, average uh, in giving for the year. So that's really what's resulting in uh, the net deficit. Um, the year Um, and you'll remember also that we have a a fund set up basically for um, cash shortages you know for times like this when there's uh, shortages in the budget or if we have ministry opportunities outside of uh, the you know what's budgeted so if you take into account the uh, net deficit that we have currently uh, um, and the sixty thousand dollar budget we still have a contingency balance of about thirty nine thousand dollars so we have a cushion there, but, you know, obviously we want, don't want to eat into that too much. Um, if you have questions, um, well, first of all, I'm, uh, you know, we need to be prayerful about this. And, uh, and just, uh, you know, with the knowledge that God's in control and um, that he provides for our needs and, uh, and we can trust in him. And, but if you, if you do have any questions or comments or suggestions, please feel free to get with any one of us on the uh, finance committee and we'd be happy to visit with you. Thanks.
5: Okay. Well, I'm here to update on a few things. Uh, First one's going to be uh, summer camp changes. So, um, over the uh, it actually relates to to some of the budget budgetary items that we've just looked at. Um, over the years, uh, we've had increasing costs in camp. Uh, one of those increasing costs has been transportation, which the church has covered. Which last year was five thousand seven hundred and seventy-five dollars uh, to cover transportation to New Life Ranch, which is eleven hours away. Um, one of the reasons. We cover transportation because with third graders, you kind of need a bathroom on board. Otherwise, that 11-hour trip might end up being 20. Um, And so uh, the length of that trip really warranted us having to find a solution for transportation. Uh, The next one is registration. Uh, Registration has increased roughly $50 every year. And so uh, it has continued to increase. And I think, I, yeah, I did. I put together kind of some, um, some changes here. So what we did was this. Uh, this past year, we agreed to look at some other options because these things started to become a pre- pretty large burden to have to bear. And uh, so we had looked at three options. We looked at Fort Lone Tree in New Mexico. We looked at the Lady Lodge, which is in Texas down in the hill country on the Rio Frio. And we looked at Glorieta Camp, uh, Glorieta Camp is in Glorieta, New Mexico, up right the Pecos Wilderness, uh, right around Santa Fe, and it's actually a, a Camp Eagle Camp. Um, as we prayed through this and looked through this, uh, we decided and the elders confirmed that uh, we thought Glorieta Camp would be uh, the best option for us right now. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about Glorieta Camp. Uh, I had mentioned it's a Camp Eagle Camp, and that actually is a camp that was started out in. Uh, in the hill country as well, um, strong camp, strong believers. I actually uh, knew the founder well and had known a director, and also know the one who funded that. and And they're strong evangelical believers uh, who are strong doctrinally and have a really big vision for for camp. And so they are actually the ones that bought out Glorietta Camp, and they're putting lots of resources into it and redoing that camp. And then. Bruce happened to go there for family camp this last year as well. So uh, we have some connection there to that camp. Um, He loved it. As a matter of fact, he loved it so much, we barely got him back home. Um, And so uh, those are some of the things behind the the rationale behind switching to the Glorietta camp. Uh, Another one is it's just five hours away, which changes the challenges and the logistics of transportation. Uh, We can take our... um, church vans now and just rent one other van. Also, parents could actually make that trip now, and I encourage them to uh, spend a week in Santa Fe and go visit their kids at camp. Uh, Those aren't bad things either. Um, And the amenities there are equal, and I'd probably say maybe even bordering on higher. It's a different location, so you've got some different things that the mountains afford uh, in terms of amenities and, and fun for the kids. Um, and the other thing that was a factor is all the kids and the students can go at one time. And so that was another thing that we were trying to negotiate as we considered this. Uh, so with all of those in mind, we decided we would uh, choose Glorietta Camp and give it a try. And here's the thing, because Glorietta Camp is trying to get a following, they're at really, really low rates, which is even better for us. Uh, and we'll, it'll be a conversation we'll have to continue, I'm sure. Um, but you can see the uh, comparison here, obviously the 11 hours, but when you look at the church's expense of 57.75, we are eliminating that altogether. And because the cost of the actual camp is so much lower, we're allowing those travel, much lower travel expenses to be absorbed in the overall costs to parents, and still you're looking at a difference. If they went at the same time of the year as they are this year, Even with a $50 rebate that we get from uh, New Life Ranch, the comparison is, as you see, uh, $655 for students, and the church would have to pay $57.75 to New Life Ranch, or parents alone pay $435 through third through sixth. And the reason why it's more there is because you have more leadership, and the seventh through twelfth is actually a group camp. So our youth kind of stay in a group, and uh, Bruce is there among them and leading them, and so. Uh, they're a little bit more uh, intimate and uh, uh, group-oriented with that camp. And so they don't have as high costs uh, to leadership uh, with that particular one. And so that's the difference in the cost there. But you can see uh, it's, it's a, a, not a small difference. It's a very large difference. And so we're excited about that. And, uh, of course, welcome any comments and uh, questions and, uh, as, as we move closer. So uh, the next thing one to look at. The fall conference. Um, And I'm going to go ahead and go to this one right here. So our guest speaker, as you might have heard, is Dr. Lawson. Uh, Dr. Lawson is a delightful guy, and I want to tell you a little bit about the story of even how this came about. Uh, Some staff went to the uh, the D6 conference, which is Deuteronomy 6, and it's a family ministry conference. And this was a year ago. And while we were there, we were very moved by some particular... Uh, people there, and uh, I'd gotten to reconnect, he's, he's an education professor at DTS, so I'd had him several times, got to reconnect, I believe it was Todd who heard him in a breakout, and Todd's like, hey, man, my heart was really moved, and so God had just kind of orchestrated us put together, and on the way home, we were kind of dreaming big, and we were like, man, it'd be awesome if we could get him to come to a family conference, uh, so we pursued that, and he actually had to get off from doctoral stuff, uh, doctoral teachings that he had for the weekend. The uh, DTS gave him off and just the Lord worked it out that we get him. And so we're really thankful. We're really excited. It's a real treat that uh, he would get to come here and and bless us. And so uh, he is coming and he's going to be talking about, and I want you guys to get what he's talking about. Um, He's going to be talking about family time. And so we hear family time, and and this is what we naturally do in our society. We go, family time, that's great. Grab up my kids and my wife and go away from everybody else into my home and shut the door, and we're going to spend family time. Uh, And and this is why this conference is so helpful for us, because when you hear the scriptures envision family time, that's actually not what they envision. Uh, You might see this picture here. That I've got up. I got a picture of that, and that's a, a modern picture, but it would have looked the same in ancient times. This is an Old Testament view of what family time looks like. And it's actually get your family and come out of the house and join all the families of God where you can be together as a family of God. And this was actually their model for discipleship. You might have seen the things out there of intergenerational discipleship. Well, it wasn't just a nuclear family. There were things that happened in that nuclear family. But more than not, that expression was something that was corporate, that included everybody that was a part of the family of God. And so for us in our culture, I I think that this particular conference is extraordinarily relevant for us. Uh, And so we're going to look at... He's going to take us through weekly gatherings and what the Sabbath looked like for the family of God. He's going to take us through the seasonal gatherings of the celebratory feasts and what that looked like for the family of God. And he's going to take us through annual gatherings for the Passover and uh, what that looked like for the family of God. And I think for us, I think not only do we get to see this biblical vision, which is very beautiful, by the way, of, of what the family of God looks like and how it functions, That was actually the model for discipleship. And once again, in our individual mindsets, we go to one-on-one discipleship. Me and one other person and we disciple. And God's vision for that looked more like corporate discipleship. The family of God together, building one another up with all the various gifts into all the fullness that God had intended, even the fullness of Christ. And so we get to come and consider this model and, and look at it back into our lives. And I think, and I get excited about this. I think there's going to be places for repentance and faith and, 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 and paths to pursuing God that are maybe more faithful expressions for us as a family. And so it's an extraordinarily opportunity for you to come and grow together as the family of God. And so I want to encourage you there. I want to encourage you even to say, think of it like a feast for Israel and the family of God. Those families didn't go, well, well, actually they did, and it wasn't a good thing. Well, <laughs> we're kind of busy, you know. I don't know. We don't want to do that. I mean, think of the hassle it's going to be. we got to load everything up. The kids are going to be crazy. We're going to be going here and doing this. You know what? Let's just put it on a shelf of options we have and say, we don't want that option right now. And I think this is some of the dispositions that are going to be challenged through this conference. And so I want to invite you to think of it in different terms altogether, even on the outset, to consider it as a time for our family to connect and corporately be moved by God in a direction together as his family. Uh, so I want to encourage you. There are sign-ups, and, and this day only, we're very close. There's a sign-up in your bulletin that you can use. Uh, and I thank you, and I just I want to point someone out, guys. For all of you, and he's already smiling, which I think is funny because he had no idea he was going to do it. Of all of you who have signed up, I just want to commend our great elder who is leading in terms of uh, online sign-up, uh, Mr. Jim Leary at 79, <laughs> who signed up online. I want to, let's give him a hand, too. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for me. Thank you for your attention.
0: All right, so it's good stuff. I really hope that you're encouraged by the things that God is doing in and through our church family. I hope that you feel protected uh, by efforts to bring clarity and real direction for how we function as a body of Christ, and hope you look forward to some things that we have in store um, coming uh, in the upcoming week or so um we've got some time and so i'm going to close this in prayer and if anybody has questions or needs clarification encourage you just come up as elders or or jason or anybody we'd be glad to uh, answer any questions you have so uh, just grateful that you're here and let me pray for us Uh, father (coughs) family time is a good time it's a time to come together as brothers and sisters in christ and to recognize uh and I guess in some ways, to begin with, to remind ourselves of what you've given us, the truth that you've uh, revealed and uh, asked us to align our lives to, um, in, in knowing that in doing so, we experience the goodness that you built into your design for your people. And so, Father, we are just grateful for your protection of us, your love for us, and help us to continue. Uh, to be led by your spirit, to be faithful in aligning our lives with that revealed will and purpose, uh, to bring glory and honor to your name. That really is our desire as your family. We pray this in your name. Amen.